put on here. So recording, and um, and yeah, I'll send it live to the oh, hang on to the Facebook um, event, and I'm sure I should be able to see that. There we go. Share on timeline. Share on friends group event. There we go. <coughs> I've got to actually put the event in. What's it called? <laughs> suppressing <laughs> the ripple from suppressing emotions. Next. The ripple, the ripple from suppressing suppressing emotions. Absolutely, that's exactly it. Preparing live stream preview. So it must take a minute to set up. I'd say it will, and at least there's a preview because remember last time we talked for about I think thirty seconds and it was live. It does and that happen happens. Yeah. yeah, you know what? As long as you talk about something funny, who cares? People will get a chocolate. <laughs> oh, that's it. They can always cut the first little bit if they really want. And here we go. So we've got a preview, title, optional. Um, oh, wow. Title. Can you hear the kids talking in the background? Oh, not Tiny much. bit. Not much. Not enough to be worried. All right. Suppressing emotions. Go live. Setting up. We're live on Facebook. Well, that's what it's telling me anyway. Oh, we probably are, so that's okay. I um, I'm sure I'll get a notification on the phone as well. So, yeah, let's just start chatting. Um, so how is everyone? And how's everyone's weekend been? Awesome. Fantastic. Not a lazy Sunday. Nice, nice. So anyway, I just wanted to say a warm welcome for anybody that. Uh, is jumping on and I'm sure as we go on we'll figure out a bit of stuff especially around comments and trying to open my phone back up and things like that to read comments because we are live streaming from Zoom tonight straight to Facebook the event and um, I really hope that it works and everybody gets some value but we will be also loading up the uh, recording for people that miss out on it as well so um, yeah basically we've got uh, Aaron Young on tonight and Lisa Hills and we'll talk a tiny bit about story of each other and then hopefully start to get some questions as well and you know the reason behind doing this sort of stuff the ripple from suppressing emotions is just hugely around uh, how much this affects people and in so many ways like um, it's so evident how much of an issue this is it's it's a major problem within our more so western society but in every country but you know in australia alone the suicide rates all of this sort of stuff is just phenomenal and um we've, we've all been touched by it and you know i'll probably start with uh lisa a little bit of an intro on some stuff about you if you like lisa it'd be amazing thank you Thank you. And uh, such an honour to be here with you two this evening, um, two of my favourite coaches. Um, and yeah, we've all come together because when we get on the phone, we can't shut up, <laughs> basically, <laughs> talking about this stuff. So um, yes, suppressing and the ripple effect it has on families. Um, I, I lost my father um, to suicide. He chose to take his life uh, as his father did prior and then my brother did. So um, witnessing 
the mental ill health in the family and the, the impact that that had on me as a child. I can only speak for myself. Um, and witnessing the other family members, you know, um, in the household. Um, and then, yeah, living, living through that, watching and observing and then um, being the child and suppressing, but also then as life went on, uh, being the wife that, you know, um, was impacted by, I believe, someone that suppressed as well and and myself as yeah. a mother, the ripple effect that it had on my children. So, yeah, it's it's very impactful. So your grandfather and father both took yeah. their lives and then I know as you as you went on, you, uh, you had your own struggles with it. And then how about your siblings as well? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, then my brother, uh, my littlest brother, chose to take his life as well. Wow. And, and yeah, and there was a bit of a scare with my other brother and I definitely, um, uh, yeah, pretty much attempted and even, and my son, you know, he was very depressed and um, he went through his own struggles as well. You that's know. pretty heavy. That's, yeah, that's, and yeah. That's, that's why we're chatting with you tonight because it's so, so important. And the work yeah. that you do for this sort of stuff too is for people out there. It's, uh, that's, you know, it's oh, just breaks my heart to, to even hear that. And but as you know, you've done a lot of work around being able to help people in this situation. So, what was sort of some turning points for you, Lisa? I think the biggest turning point for me was when my marriage ended. Yeah. And then I did, I really basically went on, I, I, I suppose I had a, an inner wisdom that there was something more. And uh, But I did my own little eat, pray, love, went to Nepal and Bali and, you know, same, same, but different. <laughs> but, um, and just got clarity about what I wanted and what was important to me and I and I really just started to put me first because what I did do my my whole life was subordinated yep. you know um yeah to handed the reins over totally yep. subordinated to my husband at the time my children um and yeah yeah so I, I didn't I just lost who I was just totally lost your didn't didn't know um thought I was happy um I drank too much drunk um and was 93 kilos at my heaviest and any depressants there's that so. good internet of yours as as mine has been this afternoon but that's all right <laughs> I'll go to I'll go uh, to Aaron. basically I was suppressing yeah no, you're right. You're right. Keep going. You you were suppressing. It's it's going right now. Oh no! I was just saying that I was suppressing for in every every way that I could. You know, eating, drinking, um, antidepressants. You name it. Oh, I didn't take drugs at that. Time. So that was the only thing. Maybe I didn't do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, well, we'll definitely come back to you some more. But hopefully, your internet will get going as mine as mine's been struggling too. And um, so how about you, Aaron? Give us a bit of a rundown on, on you, you, buddy. Okay. Well, where do we start? Look, I, I learned from the master. 
my mother is an addict and it's still suffering heavily from the symptoms of all those lovely labels that we know so much about. So I grew up very early um, looking for any way I could to not feel. So, you know, I, I turned to crime in my teen years because that was an adrenaline rush and adrenaline, we, as we all know, is a beautiful way not to feel. But then that doesn't last forever because, you, you know, you're only superhuman until you hit your 20s. And then I dove into work and I used that method. That was a beautiful method for a few years and I was very successful because all I did was work, work, work. But then I found drugs. Uh, and then, you know, I started smoking weed and that was the ultimate suppressant for me. You know, so for five years, I thought that was clever. I, you know, I had a job. I was successful. It suppressed all of that shit from my childhood. So I didn't have to think about my mum. I didn't have to think about the pain of the stuff that I'd sort of seen and gone through. And I was level. And then that turned on me. And my only, first and only attempt at my life was at around 27. And that's when I basically snapped out of it. And... Um, went and put myself through detox and, and clean my life up. But then what I did was I jumped into another level. And this is the funny thing about suppression is it wears many masks and they're very sneaky. I jumped into relationships because relationships are so healthy for us, aren't they? You know, <laughs> so it was women for me was the next one. And mind you, the women were always there, but then that being a spiritual guy, I, I just fell into another sneaky little ego trick and that was relationships. And I was the white knight, always wanting to save and fix and be that lovely guy giving of myself to help others. Um, only now to realize I was so full of shit because I was just helping myself. Yeah. Because by helping others, it fed the um, inadequacies that I was carrying. So I learned that lesson heavily and paid the price in um, multiple ways during my 20s and 30s. And, you know, each time I'd come to an end and, and a level of understanding where I'd go, you know, the light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, I've got it now. I, I got it. I see you. And I need to find out. No, I didn't. <laughs> and I had to learn the hard way. And, um, the re you know, people look at me and think this guy's demented. He's laughing at that. The reason I can laugh and smile at it is because it what, it's what makes people like us such good coaches. Because right. we can face it and be sincerely honest about our mistakes and I can show you the, the ways and the tools that I've used to get through it. But even now, the funny thing with a place of awareness with suppression um, is it still shows its face. You know, right now I'm in a place where I couldn't ask for more of my life, but I've got two children trapped. I say trapped. You know, that's the feeling sometimes back in Africa. I've not held my kids for over a year and there's an immense amount of sadness there. Now, I'm trying to start a business. I'm trying to use my life experience and this incredible um, gift of all these stories to work with people and help them rise to a challenge. But I'm still suppressing my sadness. And the effect of that suppression of that sadness is that my poor partner sometimes has to watch me sneak off to go and cry. Now, she doesn't say anything and I don't see her see it, but she knows it and she sees it. So even in my clear and happy state and in a place where, you know, I'm comfortable with everything I've lived through and comfortable in who I am, I am still allowing suppression to, to sneak in every now and then. Now I'm lucky it's very short and they're bursts of time that I can sort of handle and deal with. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is suppression is sneaky. It's driven by that ego and it is that sort of ever lurking, ever waiting to grasp me, pull me and dis disconnect me from the things that matter to me, to what I value and to what I love. And then you come back and you're like, Jesus, you know, I'm lucky it's not for long, but for years 
I was completely disconnected from everything. Thinking yeah. I was doing the right thing, thinking I was giving, thinking by working hard, I was being a good man. By mm. earning money, I was a good yep. bloke. By stopping drinking, all of a sudden, I got it right. By doing all these things, but the problem was, is I was still finding another way to suppress. Yeah, and absolutely. it's only when I stopped suppressing and sat in it, like I do now when I feel sad and feel it, that's when I grow. As painful and as shitty as it is at times, that's the place where I learn and how I can teach others. That's a little realisation that I had today as well, is that we are so hell-bent on avoiding uh, or any feelings that I, I, I just think, honestly, um, the work we do is quite profound and it's not, it's not like it's a big cost and it's obviously a, a hurdle for some people, it's a money thing, but I reckon that you could pay people to come and face, face up and they still wouldn't face up if they're not ready and, it, and that's a massive thing around the journey and, and I look back at the last... 15, 20 years for me. And it's been, it's, as you were just saying, you know, there's always another layer or another mask. And so a bit about my stuff, I grew up on a um, decent sized rural, rural property with, you know, cows and horses and animals. And it was quite, quite a good childhood, but you had to, you had to sort of toughen up and you weren't really um, supposed to really cry or have emotions. And uh, we had a very tough father and we went through, um, you know, good and bad times on the land. And then uh, when I was only about 15, we had a, had my, um, my dad had a really bad horse accident who it sort of changed his brain structure. So he actually had brain damage and then he got out of hospital and got physically well, but they took a lot of things off of him by saying he couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. He couldn't ride horses. He couldn't fly his plane. He couldn't socialize or have a beer. So it really took his identity away. And um, it wasn't for another five years. He fought and fought. And luckily I was around him and could understand what he was going through. But, you know, one morning we, you know, got the call that he'd gone out in the paddock and taken his life. So um, I was only 20, 20, maybe 21. And that really started to reshape the future. And for the next 10 years, I, I, I think I tried every single one of those masks uh, you know, work hard, drink harder, go hard, you know, smoke more, party more, shag more chicks, all of this sort of stuff. A lot of it's fun at the time, but you're really not actually sort of dealing with the underlying shit, and especially when you don't know how to. And unfortunately, um, I ended up very destructive, not for others, but for self. I had no care for self, no love for self, didn't, didn't give a fuck actually if I died. And I went through multiple crashes. I'd been through many when I was younger, but these started to get more and more severe. And um, the two major ones that put me in intensive care were in helicopters. And I um, broke my back and ribs and sternum and ruptured my bowel in another one, or two major ones, 12 months apart. And after that, I just started to really explore spirituality and realise that there must be more to this picture there must be a bigger picture to all of this as well because there's so much pain and suffering that some people go through. I mean, more, more for others um, and, and less for others and all of that. But I started to uncover that we all have a journey and we all come here and ask for these lessons. And um, now that's exactly why us beautiful humans are here connecting, which is fantastic and helping people to, to realize that there is light at the end of the tunnel, whatever you call it and realise that we can 
we can all grow and we can all help each other because imagine how many people can affect that ripple if they started to step up and speak up and then also um, uncover their story. One of the clients I've worked with the last few weeks just literally put his little story up on Facebook. And, you know, a lot of times you would think that they might get slammed because it was around medication and anxiety and stuff. And that's what he perceived before he did it. And it was just pure support and love, which is so nice to see, right? You know, we have this uh, perception that we're not going to get that because it might be a perceived memory from the past, but things are changing and people want you to step out of your comfort zone and lay it all out, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think uh, judgment comes in a lot. You know, we, we feel that and generalizing that we're going to be judged by others. But the fact is that it's self-judgment. Yeah. Yeah. It's the shame. It's the, you know, um, the inner child, the, the beaten wife, the what, what, whatever you want to, you know, label you want to put on it. It's, yeah, it's that, definitely that shame and um, and self judgment, and it's that's one it. of the the main main things that we've got. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that being shut down as a child and then taking that through to adulthood is a really um a really massive part of this suppression you know we were never a lot of the time as children you know you're not allowed to express because you were told to you know suck it up get up princess you know you're ugly enough and you know whatever to get on with it yeah so from such an early age you know that didn't hurt don't cry especially guys but not only guys you know of course Uh, yeah it, it all starts there. Absolutely. And um, I'm just, I can't give enough gratitude for learning what I have in the last few years or longer because how I, how I parent now and how I work with my children, it's obviously far from perfect. I'm, I'm certainly not an angel, but it's very different to what it used to be in the earlier stages and that because I can just, not bring my overlay of my emotions into it as much. And I can just sit there and sit in their pain, sit in their tantrum, hug them, hold them. And I just really pray that that's going to shape them to be able to A, come to me with anything, no matter what, which I tell them all the time. B, know that it's okay to express. Um, Like the little one having a tantrum on the way home, we just say, okay, just get it out there. And that's okay. Let it go. And it hurts to sit in that. That's why we used to always say, shut up or (laughs) I'll throw you out of the car. And I have said that too, of course, but, (laughs) you know, it's just learning to manage it better so you can realise that that's okay. That's actually a normal reaction. It's a normal instinct to um, expressing an emotion and and we're all so fucking terrified of it, aren't we? You know, if you haven't done what we do, it's so scary if someone even cries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think another thing is that, um, you know, I heard a friend say, oh, I can't let the kids see me cry. And it's like, (laughs) no, 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 no. No, you know, that's where they learn these bad habits. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. They learn shame. They learn shame. And these, neg- you know, we get all these negative triggers behind these things, you know, and this is where it starts in early childhood is yeah. we reinforce them. These poor little kids, you know, so young, everything is about what we do, not mm. what we say. We think what we, we yeah. tell them to do is going to shape them. And it absolutely isn't. It's our actions that will shape their futures. And we really can hide and pretend as much as we like. And I think if we all look back um, to when we were kids, we all could see past the bullshit our parents were throwing up. Yep. You know what I yep. mean? We always knew when there was a fight, even though we may not have heard the fight or seen the Absolutely. fight. We always you knew when mum or dad. Yeah. And so we know that yes. now. And yet we still tended to repeat that behavior and think, well, shh, don't, don't raise your voice. Yeah. Because little, little Timmy, I don't know where little Timmy comes from, but little Timmy might hear you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's funny how we know this. And this isn't just coaches. Most of your average adult in this day and age is access to this information actually knows this. Yeah. But we're still reverting back to that that pull back in disconnect and repeat exactly what it was that happened to us when we were small. And this is why we're doing these talks is to, I guess, give people a little bit of an awareness, a little bit of um, it's okay. You know, it's all right. Yeah, Yeah. it is okay. Get in there. If you're crying, you know, I don't hide that from my kids on the phone um, when I know it needs to be shared. You know what I mean? There's a time and a place, you don't walk around bawling your eyes at all the time, but there's this, there's this beauty in vulnerability. And we had this conversation with someone on a, on a live <laughs> we did the other day. Some people don't agree, especially men, that vulnerability is a superpower. So I, I believe it, it is. it makes them weak and attackable, whatever the word is. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, and it's actually what we need to do is as humans is redefine what the word vulnerable is. I don't think that the dictionary description is right. Yeah. I think us being able to do this um, and fumble through our lives and pull little stories out. And I mean, just listen to what happened with Lisa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Being able to talk about that and share that. There'll be someone there who will crack a tear because they'll remember someone that's happened to one of their family members. You've had it happen three times, Yeah. you know, and this is vulnerability. This is what it is for me. This is what we're doing now is really about offering, I guess, a little bit of a trusted space for people to talk about what's happened and, and know that talking about it with your kids is the best thing that you can possibly do and feeling what it is that that story brings up in you to be fair and open and sincere about it. Yeah. I mean, when I tell uh, the story to particular people, I think they get more upset than I do because, you know, what I understand now is that we all have a choice and that's why I choose to say that. They chose to do what they did because of whatever reason. But doing the work that I do, you know, with the psychosomatics and, and the coaching and, you know, the body work is that, oh, my God, people are killing themselves slowly because they're not addressing the issues, the underlying issues. They're suppressing. How are you today? Really good. Okay, so I can see through your bullshit. (laughs) You're screwed. I can feel your energy. You know, the thing is with our society too is that we are so good at lying to everyone, including including ourselves. ourselves. Yeah, Mostly ourselves. It's the bullshit that you tell yourself to um mask like you said you know what you're feeling what you're doing whatever it is it's like but we have this internal barometer that's just going oh no you know and that's when it manifests into illness disease whatever it is you know and and shit like my life and like like it's not just story like you talked about before Leon. like what happens is something inside us starts screaming and yelling and punching walls and around us life gets to go shit it's yeah. really shit. Yes, and and yes. people are sitting there scratching their heads going, why does this always happen to me? And yep. anyone who knows my story, there were Signal. points in my life where it was like, what the fuck is going on? 
Yeah. And what, what I now know is there was that was, I'll say my soul for want of a better description, screaming out, going, I'm tired of your shit, mate. Right. You're making bad choices. Yeah. So I'm now I'm going, I'm, yeah, I exactly. I'm going to make it very clear to you that you've got a bigger mm. purpose and that you were put here to, to whether it be serve, give joy, be happy, whatever. It's not what you're doing right now. And I'm going to make life more and more difficult for you. And you're going to end up in it. these places. Yeah. Until I see it. And I was lucky. Mine was so bloody obvious. It was either that or I was dead. But for some people, it's not that obvious because they're just coasting. Yeah. And I think this is who we're trying to reach now is that, you know, when you're drinking just a bit too much and you're sort of arguing a bit with the missus, oh, but it's all right. Nah, exactly. It's not all right. <laughs> it's not all right because your kids are watching that. Exactly. And I know that there's not a parent alive who would look down and go, shit, I want my kids to live like this yeah and that's really what we're trying to open up absolutely and take yourself responsibility is yeah. a massive it's 100%. responsibility let's stop blaming shaming yes. and justifying yeah. yep. continuously and take some fucking responsibility yeah. for your own actions Damn you know straight. because no one is making you do anything whether it's a feeling oh they made me feel like that bullshit you know, exactly. felt exactly. like that yourself because of your guilt your shame your whatever mm. it is that you're suppressing and also you know you say about the kids you know fighting on the children especially little children if your internal barometer is going crazy then those children are a reflection more than yeah absolutely not than what's into you're internalizing and that's a really good one that a lot of people don't understand the kids are playing up i need to get the kids sort up um sorted out well, maybe look at yourself and what your yes. experience internally, what you're yeah. suppressing yeah. is that the energy is, you know, um, hitting everyone around you. You know, it's like walking yeah. into a room. You can feel like yep. the energy, yeah. if and it's a bad energy or a good energy. I want to touch on and I've just got to, I got, I got to cut in um, when the comments come up because you guys can't see them. So I'll talk about that in a quick sec. But on that responsibility, it's probably a whole chat on responsibility. Cause yeah. what I love about responsibility is people are like, oh, blame, blame. And, you know, I, I still do it at times. I have to really ask myself, you know, is this how I want to, how I want to feel? Cause I can't fix it. And thing is most of the people out there blaming someone else and thinking somebody else should fix them are fucking control freaks. <laughs> and hypocrites <laughs> and, and, and you control know, freaks them. and they're saying blame everyone else response and then they're like i'm like you're a control freak but yet you're giving the reins away by actually blaming everybody else and not taking responsibility right blame is a form of suppression as yeah. well yeah yeah you know yeah. so this is the thing blame is one of those beautiful things i blame my mother up until i was probably 31 i blame my mother for everything yeah. And, yeah. and I still have those moments like Lisa will know we talked about it where it still creeps up and I'll still have that. But she, and then I've got to realize, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Look, did she do things wrong? Yeah, she did. But once I'm a certain age, whether I, I want to choose to say it was 15, I was my own man. Yeah. And I had a choice all the way through from that point to go and heal, go and do the work. Yeah. I chose and I chose to continue not doing that. So at some point, yes, shit happens to kids. And yes, there's stuff like that. My mum was wrong. But I own it as an adult. You know, we're not talking to a group of 10-year-olds here. We're talking to a bunch of adults. And so when we talk about this, this idea that you own it, yeah, yeah. and that you own this is the most important thing you can be given as a gift, even if it stings like hell to hear it. Definitely. I'll jump and on I love that. that we – Oh, you yeah, go. the question. I'll jump oh, on. I was just going <laughs> to – You go, you go. 
Okay. Um, in, re- in regards to, you know, and life happens for us. And that's a big thing that we do say, yeah. you know, so all of our experiences have happened for us because we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be impacting other people's lives through the uh, wisdom and the knowledge that we have to be able to share, uh, whether it be one-on-one or in groups, you know, and that's the most incredible thing. I would not take one minute away from my life I've you know ever and I did for a a long time because it didn't hurt as much to own parts of it but I'm not proud of a lot of things that I've done but you know what I was doing the best I could at that time and it's a bit of a cliche but it's so true and so were the people that above us like my mother for all intents and purposes um made some mistakes well how was she raised and, exactly. and, and, go, right. and let's go back again. So we stopped. And what happened is this turning point where instead of demonising the parents, we start humanising them. They did the best from their ability. And look, a lot of the knowledge we know now is fairly new. Yeah, yeah they, didn't yes. know, they didn't know a lot of it. People were, were popping Valium, drinking booze because that was, and eating shit food because that was what they did. And we're going back and we're sort of applying today's knowledge to them back from when they were parents 30, 40 years ago. And we're not allowed to do that anymore because all it does is breed this victim mentality and it's just yeah. a list of excuses of why I don't have to take the response. I don't have to stop drinking because my dad was a drinker. My dad was a workaholic and my dad did this. So I'm not going to go and play footy with my kid on the weekend because I've got to work on Saturday. Everything is an excuse. And whenever we make an excuse, we give away every ounce of power we have. Yeah, it's just a, it's a hospital pass. Just get rid of it. Flick it. So you can be, you can be wealthy. You can work. You can have an incredible business. If you're not connecting with your partner and with your kids, then you're not and being yourself. a father. And you say, yeah, and yourself. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Um, I'll jump on some comments. There's this hot, hot chick called Lucy Crane commenting. <laughs> <laughs> saying, with the kids stuff, acknowledging and letting them know when you've been emotional too. Um, to be vulnerable, you need courage. It's not weak. And she says, I'm fine. My favourite phrase, hey, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm fine. And she's right. And <laughs> I do since the day I met her, whenever she does it, she'll say, I'm fine. And I'll just say, you're fine. And I don't say anything else. And then instantly I get this yeah, pull of face and, and it's, I'm point, I'm pointing it out because in a day, watch how many times you get asked how you are and you say, I'm okay. Or yep. I'm fine. It yep. is a massive red flag for you as a person. Those two words are, I'm actually not okay. And I'm actually yeah. not fine yeah. is not a word. If it's in your vocabulary, have a look in the mirror and see if you really are. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, Doug, Dougie says, "Where well, I see myself doing that, overpowering the kids. And then says, I think that's where I get it 30 years of getting shut down and now mm. get help to stop the brain block and starting to fight back like any other kid. I look up to them and didn't know any, anything different. Tough love. Exactly, Doug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's suppression again. Yeah. That was the easiest way for, you know, your loved ones to deal with it because they didn't know any other way and that's okay. And um, Kirsty says, I always say I'm, I'm good, no point complaining anyway. Where did you get that from, Kirsty? Did you hear that growing up? Mm. Well, I know that's a pretty mm. common one, you know. Oh, it no, is. no point I, complaining, you know, all yeah. good. <laughs> I used to use it. And the thing is, if you stop and look at the language you use in a day, sometimes your language alone is talking to you. Oh, we use language. words. We yeah, so do I. We use yeah. words so freely, but actually yeah. don't stop to listen to ourselves. And when you hear I a comment it. like what Kirsty's just said there, that's fucking huge. Yeah, 
there's no point in complaining anyway. That shows a real state. And I mean, it's quite brave and courageous to share that, Kirsty. But when we look at how we talk to each other, like when someone says, how you doing? You just know when you say it, whether you're telling the truth, but we've become the greatest actors and actresses. We all mm. deserve freaking Oscars and Emmys. These stuff, Tom Cruise. Oh, you know, we are experts yes. <laughs> bullshitting all day, every day. And, and I think this is why I hope we get in this more and more because I really want us to start calling people out, but from a really trusted, safe place where it's like we're calling you a bullshit artist. Yeah. But because we know, because we were there, we did it. We, you know, we're yeah, not, we're not, absolutely. we're not on the soapbox. We're really sharing the fact that you doesn't, and there's an easy way through this. Yep. It's not the impossible. Big, the big and man. And the thing is, it's like, it's, it's, it's deep. It's deep. We've got to go deep. We've got big, to get to the point. Yes, it's over like that. Yeah. The big man, Reese Reese Kranksky, says, learning from my parents' happy wife, happy life is the biggest load of bullshit. I still find it tough to say no to Trudy at times and talk about it without fear. Exactly. And mm. hang on, you muted, uh, Aaron? Oh, am I? Oh, good now, mate. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened there. You You muted me. Trying to silence me. I will, I will not be No, silenced. no, we know that we know better than that. Yeah, there's I'll no find suppressing, a way. there's no suppressing <laughs> suppressing you, brother. No, no. no, but it's funny again what Reese said, like those little sayings, things that we almost call I don't know, terms of endearment, and that's not the word for them. Clear, yeah. you know, these things that we've grown up watching mums and dads say to each other and even grooms oh. and nanas and pops and and we chuckled and said, Oh, but that was just them when we start doing it, it's not just them anymore, it's us. And yep. we need to probably have a look because like I said, that picture that you put on this event was just that real like, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. This for me, this has Same. become 10 times more important because I've got the knowledge to stop this continuing into another generation. Yeah. I don't want this. These little <laughs> ones have got their own journeys ahead of them with their own mistakes and their own stuff. I don't want, at Leon, we talk about this all the time. I don't yeah. want past my stuff down. No, I want to right. deal with my stuff and I want them to have a clean go. They can cock it up as much as they like, but let them do it from their perspective and with their journey and not with my baggage on them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And this is, and this is exactly the thing around, around kids, isn't it? Or what yeah. we've been taught and told, it becomes so fucking habitual. People don't understand the subconscious, which we run on autopilot. And those sayings are so common in, in rural and regional Australia, like, um, you know, yeah, I'm battling on, struggling, but we'll get yeah. there. Or, um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Or, yeah, she'll be right. Huge, or, yeah. Um, you know, it's, yes. as, as Reese says, happy wife, happy life, and, and all these things that aren't ultimately very empowering. So, um, and Justin Rosenblatt just said, no matter what happened to me in life, I used to say living the dream. Yeah, that's a big one, but was always struggling, but got me to this day. Um, exactly justin that's you know massive yeah living the dream you know it's a bit sarcastic when most people say it and realistically we need to start opening up but we also need to teach people how to how to react and how to how to use language as aaron was saying like language is everything and and if if someone did physically open up to a person uh are they getting the right response are they getting supported and nurtured or you know, ultimately, this is why people have been shut down and won't speak up again because, yeah, people don't know how to deal with it, I suppose, and stuff mm. too. But oh, know. I think that I think you hit the nail on the head there too. Um, something I just write down. I write little notes as things are going on. It's That's you know, cute. you can give us your notes later. Uh, <laughs> I got um, <laughs> well, it's what it's basically what we don't say. 
It's yeah. what we don't say. The words we don't speak. But we say them yeah. in here is the thing, hey, Lise? Yeah. That's what's going yeah. on. We have 70,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. And, the, and also, um, you know, people, I believe, you know, all these days that give awareness to people are brilliant, but there's a lot like, you know, are you okay? You know, asking someone, you're okay, that's brilliant. Or but what next? And that's a big thing. But also a lot of people are too scared, I believe, from yeah. what I've observed, too scared to ask that because they go, what do I do next? Yeah. You know, I've got enough of my own shit going on. Like, I don't know how to help you. Like, seriously? Yeah. And I think, I, I, you know, I'm just going to call it as I've observed it. And that that is it, is that people yeah. don't want to know because they've got their own shit going on. And if someone is interested, it's because they're either suppressing something and they're, they're looking to fix someone else because then they don't have to deal with their own shit. Mm, mm. Yeah, you've, just, you've just hit on the million-dollar question here. And, I mean, this is probably a series of lives for, for us as a species, yeah. not even just as us. I mean, that is, that is the crux of it, is when was the last time we asked how are you and actually meant it and wanted to hear the answer to respond again this, we've sort of come to a place where with the amount of fear and the bombardment of information that we are very selfish yeah. as a species. And I'm not going to say as Australians, it literally has become a bit of a human problem. And I think, again, this is where this whole idea of the relationship as a parent um, with a child has become even more dire because from a cellular level within a home, if we can create a generation of young children who don't have this shit, this suppression technique, and it's not second nature to them, then that cell... Re, um, splits and grows and we basically yeah. end up with this sort of contagious I don't know whatever healing you want to call it healing you know yeah. and so this is I think that's why it's so important we go into this idea of how do we how do we identify the suppression in our daily lives just in the daily stuff that we do Leon brought up a really good point what do you do when your child is uncomfortable either crying uncomfortable because they're sick angry they're fighting what what do you do you know and how do you how do you learn to sit in that um it's not I'm easy to start that. with that's for sure yeah no it's definitely not easy when you first start and um you know that that fear uh lucy has just said i, I stopped talking to my ex-husband about anything important for fear of starting an argument or being mis misunderstood and that's exactly what we're talking about with um anything that gets suppressed once or twice, then we have fear of bringing it up again because we're going to get ridiculed. We're going to get shut down. We're going to get told we're stupid. Nobody wants to look stupid. And that's the vulnerable stuff that we're talking about. And that's why, you know, it's vulnerability in, in dire of attack. And that's what Lucy's saying is the other piece to the, the vulnerability is feeling like we're going to be attacked, I guess. Um, and that's where the courage comes in when we're able to, Still put our heart on the line, I guess. Yeah. And what and what's the intent behind even suppressing or expressing? What's the intent there? Is it what a for, good question? Mm. Well, I think you said it just then. Then I think it's this. It's I don't want to look stupid. Yeah. I think we're raised as kids, and I think it's just the school system. I just say everyone. Society has got people on this embarrassment thing where they're just yeah. not sure, and when they feel that air of I don't want to look stupid then that's it. That instantly becomes an internal thought. And then there's that obsession. It spins around and then just always fighting with this, actually just expressing their truth, which was just to ask a question or just express how they were feeling in the moment. And it really comes down to, again, what we're talking about. Learn to go, it's not okay. 
to just yep. put myself out there in whatever way, shape or form I am in that moment. Yeah. Mm. I want to make a comment on that because um, also about feeling stupid, but we also have these two major things, especially for the masculine of the world. So we've got physical and we've got emotional and unfortunately mm. our whole society, probably even like the animal kingdom, which you've had a lot to do with Aaron is the physical and strongest, the strongest, fittest physical human or animal wins. So everybody's out there trying to be the strongest, toughest and yeah. most physical. Mm. However, the problem is not, that we're, they're fucking, we're associating that shit with emotions yeah. when it's two different things, right? You yeah. can still be tough and, and wear your heart on your sleeve yes. and open up. And this, this is the thing. We need to decipher the difference between the emotional or the physical. But there's all these fucking bravado, macho men out there, football players, rural people, fighters, all this sort of stuff, as you know, that are like, I'm not fucking expressing because that means I'm a, I'm a pussy. And that's the issue, I reckon. Especially yeah, and it is it's a good one, role models. And it's something I've, I've talked about more and more now is I think we got a little bit lost with who our role models were. I mean, I know, I, I know just in general, but who, what are our role models showing young boys? You know what I mean? And that's why I think we should be shifting back to more of a community role model, you know, that it should be just your average guy who's a bloody good dad. Yeah. Mm. Pitches up at a soccer match and mediates a fight and brings everything down to surface. That stable, solid male who's calm, peaceful, but still, the, you know, 110 and full of muscle. He's got the physical and he's got the emotional. And even yeah. if he's not, he's got a dad body, he's packing a few around the middle. He's just got that stable, solid energy, you know, and people are attracted to it. And the mm. problem is they are, but the problem is they won't admit to it. Because society will tell them, as you've just pointed out, that they should be attracted to the yes. football player making a quarter of a, a million a year yep. with the car and the stripper girlfriend. And then and, they wonder why um, they have so many dramas with him because he's so unhealed and that's not mm, picking on him. And impulsive. And, and he's impulsive. We're, we're teaching our kids to be impulsive, that by the age of 21, you should be driving a Ferrari and have a girlfriend. You know, and what did you have to do to it? I'm not taking away from these guys' dedication of their, of their craft, and I, I feel a bit bad on picking on footy players, but I guess what I'm bringing to question here is who we see as a role model and why do we see them as a role model. There are probably a bunch of footy players who embody everything that I would see as a role model. I think that we have a lot that don't, and I think they're the ones that make the media and the press because when they crash their car pissed, that's all we talk about. You know, When they have a mm. fight or a blue or when they change – from one stripper to the next, that's what we focus on as a society. I don't want my little boys growing up with those sorts of men as role models. Absolutely. And the, ro uh, and the role model should come from, you know, like with, it's a random story, but, you know, uh, bagging out those, those famous people for not being good role models. But why isn't the role model in your house? Why isn't it dad? That's right. Yeah. That's, that's because you know why? Help. Because I think dad is the one idolising these role models. And I yeah. think that comes from that lack of self-esteem and that lack of self-worth that he should feel that comfort in himself as a man. I am a man. I am the man of my house. You know what I mean? But also that compassionate and kindness within him. And mm. I think that's why. And because we, 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 I guess we focus on the man with the Ferrari. I just use it as an example instead of yeah. the man who he has the Ferrari, but is that stable, kind, compassionate, yeah. strong guy. We, we've just, we're missing, as, as Leon said, we're missing the emotional role models. We've got yeah. plenty of the strong ones and we just need to find a balance again of the guy who's got the emotional intelligence and understanding and the physical as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, healing those past wounds, healing those yes. past wounds, because all of that is just ego or whichever yeah. term of ego you want to use, but it's about um, them not feeling enough anyway. 
because that's yeah. why they walk around with the chest out because they're you know all the armor all the all the mm. muscles and that's just armor so you can't yeah. you know or the beer bellies and you know all around the sacred can't penetrate don't come near me you yep. know the body the 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 our, our, we're shaped by our experiences literally in our body and that's what we project to the world you, you it's of lack talking so, about talking about opening up or crying the girls lucy and um kirsty were chatting on the thread saying i find it awkward too natural instincts making a joke ask a few questions and show interest and change the subject um and then Lucy said there was a switch once I had a child, the same things weren't attractive. And and that's exactly right. Like sitting through that pain takes a little bit of, well, actually no, a lot, a lot of dealing with your own shit. Mm. And that's why we, and honestly, if if you're sitting there and can't sit opposite somebody who's crying, you and or you change the subject in that normally, it's because we haven't healed our own stuff. I know from my own experience. So if I get emotional when someone's talking about something even really harsh, it's it's something triggered within me. But if I'm all good and I've balanced my stuff out, I can sit there and just wait. I don't care how long it takes and wait for them to actually express. And I say, you know, especially with a man, just express, brother. It's all good. There's no judgment. It's all good. And I think that's getting to that point of being okay with expressing. And then um, Big Reese, he must when we we're talking about the footy players and big strong men said bit like myself with a few laughs. Well, the thing is, mate, I wouldn't pull your nose racy, but I'd still give you a call to talk about emotional stuff. So that that's, means you're healed brother. Um, so Kirsty said, that's interesting. My kids want to be like my fiance. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Kirsty? hopefully it's a good thing, <laughs> but yeah, just the whole thing of, of um, that differing, that differing for us to have a different role model, as you said, emotional and, and physical, because that's where the line has, has been crossed and we're probably or definitely focusing on the wrong role models, especially in the media mm. and stuff in general. So. And what just came to mind for me, a little off track, but same, same, um, is what was doesn't have to be. And yep. it's about yeah. having these discussions. You know, my dad you know, I remember being younger and my dad was at a pub and someone had a go at him about his dad suiciding. So then there was a fight, you know. So then there was yeah, big trouble, you know, because it's like it's hard to comprehend for me now to even, you know, that people think that's okay to have those expressed like that, have those comments of, but that's it. Like people want to push buttons and they'll go for, you know, because they're suppressed. So they'll, you know, poke the bear to cause dramas. But yeah, like I re- I remember that so well that, yeah. um, you know, it, it was not talked about. I didn't know my grandfather suicided until I was, I, I would have been probably 15. Okay. Because yep. it wasn't talked about. And what age when your dad left us um, and then my dad when how old was I when he mm, passed mm. yeah um I was 27 yeah and my youngest brother who found him he was maybe just about to turn 21 yeah he was 20 and then he he passed when he was maybe 
Oh, now that's really terrible. Maybe when he was 29. Yeah. yeah so, um, but he did find my father. So he struggled with that as well. Oh, you know, so he had his own internal issues and then that on top of it. Um, yeah. Absolutely he would have. That's um cracking that mold, cracking that mold and getting people to talk about being, like you said, being vulnerable, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to say I'm having a shit day. Yeah, yeah. What absolutely. next? Yeah. It's I more love than the it's... tools of that- you go, Aaron. Yeah, I was going to say it's more than okay, and I think this is um, really at the crux of everything we're doing here. Is this just basically this idea that you can talk about and share anything, and there is nothing to be embarrassed about. You're a human being, and as I think you know, we're showing we all have baggage, we all have past, we all have story, as we call it as coaches. And um, the more you're able to share it, the more it leaves your lips and leaves you and gets out of your head. Yes. The less likely it is to have that power over you and, and the things that we're hearing, what's happened with Leon's family and what's happened with Lisa's is because I believe these people felt trapped here. Yeah. And those thoughts spun at such a rapid pace and after a certain amount of time, that pain is immense. And it what is. I guess we're trying to do is teach people to talk, that it is safe to talk. Oh. doesn't matter what comes out your mouth. You could speak a foreign language. You could speak in tongues. It doesn't matter. There, embarrassment is a thought. It's not a real thing. Yeah. yeah. There's no disease called embarrassment. You are not going to be any less than if you say something that another person doesn't necessarily understand or agree with. Absolutely. Yeah. You are still who you are. If you say something that will say stupid, it's not stupid, but let's say you call it that internally. Yeah. You are the same person you were before you said it. It is on them if they can't handle it. And until I guess we can really breathe this comfort into people and it's going to be, it's going to be us breeding it into our kids. Yeah. When our kids are comfortable at the age of 12 to literally say to someone, I feel angry, I feel disrespected, I feel, then we're going to start to see some real change because at our age, we can do all we like. Affecting a greater society is going to be a lot harder, as we know as coaches, to get people to come in and invest in themselves isn't as easy as we would all like. But yeah. if we breed, a, if we give this next generation of children these gifts for free, then maybe we won't need as many coaches and counselors and shrinks and head doctors and medications, which are poisoning people. Imagine just being able to shape our children to 100% unconditionally love themselves. Oh, Oh, yeah. We, it's, it's about understanding that everything that we experience is a lesson and we get to choose which way we want to look at it, which eyes we want to choose, you know, what glasses or not to look through whatever can, lens can you, you know, not actually, be your internet was working but i want you to repeat that again please yeah oh see i'm off the cuff mate <laughs> what did i say <laughs> don't do yeah. that to me no i can repeat it for you because <laughs> it's something that i still tell people but they struggle with they really struggle with and i think as the best work best way i've heard this described was from you aaron is that we've got a spiritual bankruptcy and the reason and the reason why people don't realize that everything is a lesson that we've chosen this journey that the struggles are all have blessings in every single way all the struggles we we have in life have blessings is because we have a spiritual disconnection we don't realize that we're such a big picture that we come here for this journey and it's just so beautiful for you to say that because if you take one thing from this chat you just need to start to connect to self and source whatever that means for you 
Yeah. Call it God, call it the universe, call yep. it nature. I get yep. my clients to call it, call it the chair. I don't care what you call it. Yep. Yep. We <laughs> don't need to define it. No, we don't need to because the definition's up to you. Yep. Yes, and Doesn't here we matter. go with labels. That's yeah. Another one as well. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Before we go off into there, you, you, you're the best word I think I ever learned as a coach, or when I started on this. I've been doing it a long time, but when I learned this, probably in my early forties, was choice. Mm. Choice, bro. It is the strongest word we will ever give any of our clients. That is, in essence, the two things I sell: choice and ac- action. To so get off your ass and do the work. And then once you've done that, when you've taken the action, what do you get? You get choice. When yeah. you own your choices and when you get them back, people say, I can't do that. It'll do this. Yes. At any given fucking point, you can get up and do anything. Yeah. It just may be really <laughs> difficult to do it. It may not be comfortable and it may hurt and people may not like it and people may, but you have a choice. Always yep. have yep. a choice. And we forget so quickly as adults. And what are we doing when we forget? We're training our kids to see to, you don't have a choice bullshit what what's the worst thing we can give our children is idea limitations yeah you cannot because there is no money you cannot because daddy didn't achieve his goals you cannot because dad pop did this you cannot because that is what we do when we throw our choices down the toilet and i and think that that, yeah. that you that word choice is one of the most powerful things we can yeah and it's when you suppress you throw your choices down the toilet and even, yeah. even with our thoughts, it, that's a perfect um, comment because we can choose what thoughts we allow. It might be tough, yeah. but we can retrain. That's what all yes. three of us do is, is retrain, yeah. reperceive, and work yeah. on our language because what are you saying to yourself? And the thing with that is, is choice all comes back to that responsibility because when you're blaming others, you have the choice to blame or fucking man up and take responsibility or woman up too. <laughs> Yeah, and and living by priority is like your priorities. You know, we've got this society full of, um, you know, ADHD or whatever the label is. But, you know, these kids, for instance, or adults, are they just not living by their highest values? And when I say values, I mean priorities. Like are they, you know, do they love to learn or do they want to be outside, you know, playing in the dirt or you know, playing with trucks because they're that way inclined, but they're ADHD because I can't sit in a classroom. Like it's um, re-educating people, you know, what is their highest value? And then how do you you link that to being in the classroom to learn because that's going to help you out in the, you know, with your trucks and whatever it is, you know. So it's it's really, it's re-educating Kids aren't just ADHD and hypo and all that. So what is going on? What's the root problem? What are they reflecting also you know what? that you're suppressing? Oh, this is that's... the thing. They're us. They're reflecting us. They're reflecting. That's this correct. is the whole point. They're becoming yeah. what we were. They're mirrors. These little yes. kids are mirrors. Yeah, and, these, and these labels are basically things that we displayed for, for two, three generations now. And I think it's got to the point where their little bodies and let's say soul or for whatever word you're comfortable with are sick and fucking tired of it. Yeah. And so they're not playing by the same rules anymore. No, I'm not going to sit in a classroom. You're not ADHD. You've probably got a gifted golfer or a gifted artist or a gifted musician, a gifted runner. He's not a problem. He's a gift. 
He just doesn't fit the mold that our society has deemed appropriate. So we're going to stick him with a label. We're going to pump Ritalin into him. Or you're you're depressed. Yeah, or you're depressed. Now, that's another, let's be careful because we'll, that's another two hour talk that one. We can go (laughs) down that, down that road. Next Sunday. Yep. Yes, that's next Sunday. But Um, it's perfect. It's perfect. But it definitely is, um, you know, that's something that I believe that needs to, we need to start getting out there as well that needs to be being addressed, you know, because it's. yeah, so on that, exactly that topic, uh, Topic, sorry, Lucy said we keep our kids small by keeping ourselves small and ultimately want our kids to make choices, good choices, not follow rules. So imagine when we're that healed and it takes a bit, right, because we've all been controlled, so then we feel like we need to control. But imagine asking your kid questions and learning from them. Isn't that a beautiful thing to be able to oh, look at yeah. your kids and go, they're our biggest, what can I learn they're our from you? Biggest, the biggest teachers. I was at a training yeah. once and there was uh, one of the guys was really angry and the little girl who wasn't even two went over and poured water on him. And it was just, we all just <laughs> laughed because she knew he was angry yeah. and suppressing and she was cooling him down well how good you know, is that hey it was it was that and that's what i mean so in my past i would have went oh my god that's so naughty how can you do that yet yeah. now i get it i get it yeah. like they're just I, like I, it's i celebrate real. it i encourage yeah. it i encourage it and i think this is exactly leon made that point before he talked about with your little one having a meltdown and that idea that you actually step into that space, sit down comfortably at their level and allow them to be whatever the hell it is they want to be. Yeah. Not telling them to stop Hold crying, them. not telling them, yeah. yeah, just give them that space. But step into their world. Don't walk off out of the room. Give them that space. Sit down there. You don't have to say a word. If you, have, if you feel the need to talk or yeah. fix, that's your shit. That yeah. kid just wants the ability to express whatever it's going through at the time freely. And it's creating the space for them to do it. It's not even holding space. I believe it's creating the space that they feel safe to. Yeah. And and then what they're doing is in essence, we're learning. And this is like we keep saying, our children are our biggest teachers. And and, and I don't get anyone who can challenge that needs to have a a real good long discovery session or a chat with me because (laughs) when you get down on that floor and you step there and you look eye to eye and when people start talking about my my child does this, my child does that, and the first question I'll ask, when was the last time you sat down on the floor and went eye to eye and just stared your child in the eye? (laughs) Just generally felt them. And they will say, I can't even tell you the last time because we're too busy at six foot standing up and looking down and that's i'm not blaming parents for that because that's just we are up there but get down into their world and my god you'll start perceiving the world a very different place it is a much simpler much more beautiful place when we enter into there and live with them and learn from them for a bit how much would you give to be on the floor with your kids right now too buddy I, would. I mean, you know, there's a saying, I would give my left arm. Well, that's without a shadow of a doubt. If you gave me a blunt hacksaw blade right now and I knew my kids would be here tomorrow morning, I would saw my arm off right now. I oh, know. I believe that. That's for sure. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I do. Yeah. It'd be messy, but, you know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Lucy, Lucy, hey, Lucy, clean the mess up. Lucy's a vet. <laughs> So she can just suture it up once it's done. And we, could, and we can always use that arm as a, a bar decoration or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, this this way to the toilet, you know. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's cool. No, no. Yeah, no, it's cool. I <laughs> uh, I just wanted to add um uh, because you know my background in psychosomatics and and you guys love that stuff too. Yeah, um 
But I, I said, well, you know, learning all this now, I look back and I've had that conversation with my son. Um, he used to play footy and was an incredible football player. And I was that, you know, idiot mother on the sideline screaming and, and you know, I, you know, not proud of particular things, but it happened and we can only learn from them. But he used to get um, like eczema behind his knees and his elbows, football season. And of course, you know, we go to the doctors and... Okay, but it's for the, from the grass. It's from, you know, like this winter thing. No, no. He hated football. Yeah. He hated yep. He did it for us. He did it for us. So those areas of the body, soul plexus, yep. you know, um, personal power. So that was his suppression. He, yeah. Because Shit. Lisa, we need the to body was that. giving feedback. Yeah. yeah. And the body we need was to do. giving feedback. We need to do that because that is a very good point. And I don't think this whole connecting with our bodies and understanding, at least you could talk for days on it. Oh, and I think people absolutely. would learn people. And I know there's people who are probably listening to this right now who would learn a lot from you talking about how our body talks to us because yeah. it is, it is part of the suppression. When you're suppressing your body will talk to you, especially as you get in those older years. So for me, and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say you Lisa, cause you're still only about 28. Right. But for me, um, it shows up yeah. and I'm starting to yeah. feel it. Yeah. I'm starting to, yeah. I'm starting to understand because my body is talking to me a lot. You know, I can't hide from it. And I can't pretend anymore. And then I feel it. I know when something's being suppressed, it'll show up in foot, my left ankle, you know what I mean? And I think that teaching people to listen to their bodies is almost as important as teaching them to listen to their kids. Mm. Yep. Yep. Same, same with yeah, absolutely. Because it all starts there, doesn't it? You know, I yep. had a client yesterday um, and they have hip issues and there's damage. And I almost got into the story of the damage there. And then uh, I had a breakthrough with her and it was when she, they were younger with an incident in a playground and the pain was gone when she stood up. Mm. But she was this. told that, you, you know, this is blah, blah, blah. But that's the suppression from mm. the younger age. You know, and it happens, and I think it's probably, probably least, in fact, this is probably something if you've got on it. This suppression, all this stuff we're talking about is really cool for us as adults, but it's actually key how much of the disease and pain we suffer from as adults is actually locked in yes. the stuff from the past, the suppression of these children who are watching the parents fight, for example, and aren't able to voice how they feel about watching their parents fight. Or yeah. Yeah. you see that sort of stuff or things like, you know, an incident at school, which I think yeah. most of us all had. And, and they're not allowed to talk about that thing. You know, maybe a bully punched them or whatever, and, and we would go oh, toughen up. That moment there could be a shoulder injury they're still carrying 25 years later. And people might go, what are you talking about? Bullshit. Lisa will prove you wrong. I've gone through this myself and seen what happens when you start to understand this as a science because it's incredible. Well, I, I want to make a really strong point on that, actually, because it's something I've realised even sort of working with Lisa last year and stuff. But... I, I grew up with a lot of back pain. I grew up with, um, I had my first car crash at five years old and I just always had back pain. And obviously the medical stuff wasn't right for what I was going through. That's another whole nother topic, but isn't it ironic? And this is probably going to really blow some people away is I had so much back pain through my teen years and it wasn't for a very long time that my dad recognized that he still wanted me to hop on a horse and chase cows and drive tractors and all that. And he didn't think it was real because it wasn't blood coming out of my ears because we've got to toughen up, right? And then even after he died, 
I went and broke my back, didn't I? Mm. I still had to prove mm. that I had back pain and I went and fucking mm. broke it. Three spots. You're so clever. <laughs> I'm just a slow learner, eh? Hey, but you know, it's, but you say that you look at But my what did you gain you? from that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Plus, I, I got out of a career I shouldn't have been in, even though I thought I loved it. I'm home with my family. I, I get to be a better human. I, I get to have gratitude for my legs, for, for being on, on two feet. I get to have gratitude for feeling everything. And, um, you know, I talked last week with a, a friend who's paralysed from here down from a helicopter crash, and, and I do tear up every time I talk to him. So that's what I get is gratitude and, and the ability to do this sort of stuff. And that's, that's the tools. That's just what we're here. This is the difference between a coach and a shrink right here. That's a perfect example, not to put shit yeah. on one or the other, but this is the difference. And, and I guess, Leon, you've got to talk about that took work. Yeah. This isn't something we don't sit there and talk and go, how do you feel about that? How do you ah. feel about that? There's work and there's a fair bit of it. But the beauty is, is you, once you're responsible and dedicated for that work, you use it the rest of your life. It's still ongoing now, and that's yeah, why it is. You know, yeah, working on alcohol and food goes back and, to responsibility. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And I think and another thing that I did want to um, just quickly touch on is is um, owning owning the traits. Yeah, owning the traits. Oh, so yeah. if you're seeing something in someone that you don't like or you love, then you need to own it in yourself because there's so much hip- hypocrisy out there that. Um, we, we, and that goes back to the judgment again, which goes back to responsibility. You know, it's all. And, and hypocrisy yes, um, is, and hypocrisy is a dangerous one because the thing is we know when we're being hypocrites internally. So when we live a hypocritical life, we end up with internal guilt and shame for living like that. So what happens is we end up in a self-sabotage pattern. I mean, I'm, I'm the king of it. It is a very scary place when we start to bullshit and play that hypocrite game, you'll start to see messes pop up in your life. Yeah, the soul, the body, whatever you want to call it, does not like when we do that. Owning those traits is one is one of the, probably the most powerful things we can do. And the thing is, we need to do that one ongoing. That's why we learn the tools, because you can do that once a month. You can go through a serious incident in your life. You do the tools. You understand again that person. You're not going to be the same person every six months, every three months, every huh? twelve, whatever. Every second. Yeah, and it and, sucks. And it sucks. It does Having suck to own the trades, it sucks. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And then there's people out there that are defending that they don't want to change just on, on the fact of we do, um, we're a new person every six months or so often and they defend that they don't want to change and they can't change. And this is who I am. You know, I, I, that statement is, is like a, a warning bell to me that this person's just not ready, you know. No. That's denial 101 right there. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, but I'll have a crack at him. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on well, them, don't worry. Well, the thing is, I know I've offended and I know people haven't come back, but I've planted a seed. Yeah, and they'll remember it. Yeah. They'll so whenever, it. you know, if they wish to do something with that, then, yeah, they can. I always know that I give a hundred percent. So that's, um, well, you know, there's that whole, there's, there's, I don't know if it's a quote or if it's just a meme. I'm not sure where I got it from. It's the old idea of what defines your best friend. Your best friend really is the person who calls out your bullshit. 
you know, do, do, whether that's a coach or not, the person who holds your hand and runs skipping down the road with you might be an acquaintance and it may be all fun and you might get high or drunk and you might get laid. But the truth is when the shit hits the fan, they're going to have to go and deal with their journey. And you're going to have to go and deal with your own. The best friend will be that one that says, you're acting like a dick. Yeah. And yep. it's really, we don't like it as humans anymore. We really don't want that best friend anymore. But, <laughs> but yet, and that's what, that's what coaches almost have become. We get paid to yes. be fucking best friends, yep. which is stupid because we should as humans be seeking out that person that challenges us, that person that says you're full of shit or you've got more in you, you know, you look at your yeah. resistance. Like Aaron, push your business further, mate. Take a bigger risk. We, what, we should have those people in our lives. We yeah. should want them. They are the people that are going to grow with us and we're going to help them grow and they're going to chat. And that's where the gold is because if we stay the same person every single day, then we're dooming our children to stay the same. And I don't really want to be that parent and I don't want to be that example in my community. I don't want to be that person. Absolutely. And the thing is, a lot of us uh, in our society these days are, are in fear of confrontation, which is only yeah. seek for truth, you know, like so we're just trying to get to the truth. But no one wants to hear the truth. Everyone says, tell me the truth. Bullshit. If I tell you the <laughs> truth, like you'll yeah. have a meltdown. No. Yeah. So I remember James saying to me one day something and, and um, it was hard to hear and I said, thanks for the feedback. And he said, don't be a smart ass. And I went, no, I'm serious. Thanks for the feedback because I can't mm. fix it or address it, I should yeah. say. I can't address it if whatever it is, if I don't know. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's no good if it stays up here. We've really got to understand that people can't read our minds. No. And that if we do not speak it and if we do not speak it clearly, that people do not know what's going on. And this is where we get these horrible things that happen in these families is because suffering in silence. But yeah. that suffering in silence, as Lisa pointed out before, is a choice. And yep. I hope that with us talking in the way we're talking so sort of openly is that people will reach out because the last thing we want anyone to do is to suffer in silence. We're offering yeah. you a choice. We are offering you the choice. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's no, that's, that's so, so such gold there, all of that. And um, there's so much to this topic and the next topic and, you know, talking about all of this stuff is just, uh, the start of something beautiful and I think that it really you know even on the weekend in a social setting I just re saw more and more people that that know what I do and just coming up to me and saying oh it's really good what you're doing and it's really needed I will talk to you sometime because obviously there's that fair bit of resistance but that's where it starts you know mm. and, and as all the three of us say if you don't resonate with us that's okay there's other people doing this stuff yeah but if we can spark something yeah. in you to get off your ass and make a change. That's exactly what we're after. Yeah. And I, and I hope people engage more and I hope people share their ideas because, you know, we're just sort of having a crack at stuff that's popping up in our lives and that's what's motivating our topics or our discussion points. But as Leon and I said last week and every live we do, if you've got something bugging you, if you see something from your perspective that society is struggling with or that you don't like, yep send through or comment and, and give us something to talk about because it's all good and well for us to talk about this. We coaches, we do this for a living. I'd like to see it from the perspective of the guys who don't do this every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we're not here to stand on a soapbox and tell you how it is. We're just sharing our experience, you know, and hopefully you'll give us some topics and some direction on what's affecting your lives. As we got some challenges the other day. Yeah. 
to when we got some challenge the other day on the word vulnerability and things. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. that's, that's and beautiful. it was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Perfect. And it was a good, and it was so nicely done. It was really nice to see what four men in the end, four yep. guys, yep. all respecting this one guy who really didn't like it. And there was never an angry word shown. And me, for me, that was an example of four men. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's to me is what we really want to emanate or become examples of, because that to me is the role model. I want to sit my son, mastering, you know, my son's string manhood. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, Leon, we, we're from the country settings and uh, Aaron, you're from this city, <laughs> you know, in, in our younger years. But, yeah, uh, it doesn't matter if it's city or country. There's so much suppression, in particular, guys. So mm. it's that message to get out there, you know, like, yeah. Absolutely. If you can, if you can start opening up, I think you'll realise as you do it that it's obviously healing because you're unloading stuff. It's kind of like... Mostly everybody this day and age understands the computer or their phone that they've got to restart. And it's like just shutting down all the tabs in the computer or um, deleting some shit because the hard drive's too full. And, and it doesn't matter what you want to relate it to. It's like giving the car a service or whatever. You've just got to start by unloading yeah. some stuff, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, this is why we, we one, we're coaches, one, we're doing these, hopefully we do some workshops, but also the retreat thing is a big deal for men yeah. because it's a more comfortable space for them to still be men and move that energy. So if you don't get it and you don't talk and you're not really a guy that's got a lot of words to say, then move it, move, use your body to talk, yeah, and, and look at one of our retreats and look at this ability to shift that energy another way yep. um, because it's, it's an important way. But, you know, another part of, of this topic or something we can talk about is also helping women. Yeah, understand yeah. men because, and I'm not going to make any excuses for men. We all have our own responsibility level as men, but men are shit at this thing. And I think if we can get some more female perspectives on how it affects them, men not talking, and how we can maybe teach them ways to to help these guys figure it out, because you yes. know, obviously the current the current state of play and the systems we've got, men aren't winning, eh? They're not getting any better. And I, I know us talking, yeah. yeah, and I know us talking is all good and well, but maybe yeah. if we can also help arm the women and we can actually help them a little bit, we might meet in the middle here. You know what I mean? There might yeah. be that we need to do a shift on the feminine as well and help. That's, and this is, you know, it, because I, I just, I don't, guys, you shit. <laughs> yeah. about it, stuff. Look, it, it really comes back to communication because yeah, I went into, you know, um, from a woman's perspective, you know, like, and, not knowing how to address and look, it just gets real messy. It gets yeah. real messy. The guy's yeah. out working, I'm working, yeah. these I'm stuck at home with the kids. Da, da, da. Yeah. No communication, no. Yeah. no communication because people don't like confrontation. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, there's this fear around the confrontation, so then the female might feel unsafe to express because then they just get shut down, shut down. Yeah. That's certainly what I experienced, you know. Yeah. So, how does that change? I don't know who's ready to do the work and then maybe sometimes it, it ends up separate, you know, like, yeah, oh. but people have got to want to do the work. They've got to be yeah. coachable or, or open to um, help assistance because we don't know everything. That's we don't right. know everything. That's right. Hey, um, Renee's just said, yeah, I'm here to share about the wife of a silent man. So throw it in the comments, Renee, or even better still, like we'll, jump on with you next Sunday or, and I was going to say Aaron and I and Lisa will pose some questions like that through the week and see if we can get some, some more questions of, of frustrations of, of the female 
and and you know, I know a lot of it's not speaking up, but what else? What else? Yeah. Where else are well, they I not think supporting? It, yeah, and I think if we're more specific, you know, if we if we bring it down to a more simple, we just say guys not talking. For most men, that might not be enough. We might need to get a woman to talk about this, about how it makes her feel and really get that. That seems silly. A guy should be able to look at his partner, the mother of his children, and not need us to be doing this. But sometimes the message coming from somewhere else is just what they need to jolt them into action. And that's, I guess, because of familiarity, resentments that are already within the relationship that they're not able to get over. And when they see someone else talk about it, it's like, holy shit, It, it just settles home because... Again, my motivation for doing this and talking about this is to help happy homes. Mm. This isn't about saving men. It's not about saving women. It's not about saving kids. It's about creating a happy home where they're all safe. Yeah, absolutely. Because if they're all safe, that cellular healing, that happy home spreads out. How do we fix society? By having happy homes. We're having that stable mum and dad who walk around and everyone goes, fuck, I want to be like them. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yep. but the genuine, sincere, not walking around with the nice car and the fancy home and all. I mean, genuinely yep. decent human beings, good role models. That's, you know, and but real. It's about yeah, real. real. Yeah. Real yeah. and raw. So people are going to have issues. It's not all like yeah. what you get fences and fairy dust no, and all no, that no. sort of shit, you Absolutely. know, because we're all humans. We all have our different <clears throat> perspectives. But it's about that openness. But yeah, definitely that's that was what happened with me in my marriage is that I was suppressed. I forgot who I was. I subordinated. You know, I didn't feel like I had a voice. But the voice then, and then the suppression, 90 kilos, you know, drinking, yeah. antidepressants, you know, and then I didn't have any respect for myself. So how could anyone else, including yeah. my children? Well, we teach people how to treat us, right? That's correct. You know, so, I mean, what's the answer? There's lots of answers. And I did say this at one talk to, and there was the Ministers for Mental Health, ACT, New South Wales, all that. But there's not one fix. There's not one pill. There's not one nothing because we are all individuals and we all have, we all look through our own eyes, you know, through our perceived experiences, traumas, whatever you want to call it. So there's not one fix. So there's a a toolbox yes. you know that you can go to and grab what you need in that moment and for those and you've got to do the work yeah well that's what i was going to say on that for the people that think it's not fair that there's not just a pill to fix anything that's the beautiful part because you're going to appreciate it more you're going to learn more and part of part of doing the work is actually the gratitude for you to do the work so you stay in that balanced state or know how to reuse those tools because if it was just a pill You'd be back in the same problem the next day. That's what drugs do. That's what alcohol do. That does. That's what society society want the government to do something. Well, there's lots of things happening, but there's no self responsibility. No. Oh yeah, yeah. We we're basically looking for the quick fix to everything. It's it's well, an you know, impulse, impulse driven. Yeah, and it's an impulse driven society. We want to go and buy TV, even though we don't have oh, money. Oh, so look at Afterpay, financial stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, Everything's got to be an impulse driven. And what we've got to realize is that the golden moments and the really special stuff that comes from this existence doesn't come always from that comfortable place. It yep. sometimes is going to require you to step up and above and actually make some changes and face some of the difficult stuff. And I think you've got three people here who can honestly say, we've itself. done it. Exactly. And investing and the time and realizing that if you've gone through 30 years of bullshit and, you know, there's been a lot of stories and a lot of stuff happened to you, it's not going to take three days. 
to yeah, find yeah. That, that, that best version of you. It's going to take three months and it's going to take some work. But, man, it's the most rewarding stuff because what happens when you get coached and when you do these is you become a shining example to others. You almost become a walking coach whether you want to or yeah. not because the change in your life emanates outwards. People look at you and just go, holy shit, what happened to you? You know, and and uh, that's what we that's what we want to see. This is yeah. what we'll, this is what fixes society. This is what fixes when we get people back on track. And this is mm. a really fitting comment just made by Justin, um, who's a mate that I've chatted to a bit, and and he's because I was going to touch on this point. He said, "Love to talk." Uh, another couple of comments. Sorry, love to talk, but by the end of finding out about my depression, if I open up, it just breaks you down, and it takes a while to stop and control it again. Your breakdowns, that is. Beautiful, beautiful comment, Justin, because the thing is with this, and, and I was going to touch on it before, is what we do is very different. You don't have to tell the story. You don't have to reinforce the, the problem and keep going over it like you may have if you've been to other modalities, counsellors, psychologists. Um, we can just work on the emotion. Everybody has emotions. We can just go, all right, I feel shit. I feel frustrated, pissed off. I feel angry. I feel... And okay, and then we can work through those. We don't have yep. to talk about the story and reinforce it, mate. So, mm. give give it a crack. You'll be very surprised. And then yeah. um, your story will empower you once you use these and you run these tools through it. You'll be telling yep. your story with a smile from ear to ear. I can sit there and tell you stuff, and and it becomes incredible because again, you can do that to a mate who's struggling. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Um, also, um, you go. With- with saying my, my, I used to say my anxiety. Mm, yeah. Guys, you know, it's not yours. No. It's not yours. Don't. So it's like, because that's definitely defining yourself mm. by that one thing. And that's, you know, we've got labels to help us understand what what it entails. But so it's a symptom. You, it's not, yeah. When you start to define it and own it, then that's when, you know, like it's, it's not, yeah, and a, a beautiful mentor of mine, you know help me with that yeah i was experiencing anxiety in moments yes symptom exactly the symptoms of and the i am depressed and i am anxious you are suffering from symptoms yes they're very real no one will dispute the symptoms of any of them yeah but the fact Mm. that you are them and that they're incurable diseases that require medication i know that i can speak from personal experience that that's not true yeah absolutely and i know lisa and i'm sure what leon's experience is you, and I know people will sit there and defend this. They love to defend their meds. Yep. This is not uh, This is not us saying um, they don't work for you. If you want to believe it, that's your choice. What we're telling you is that we're walking proof that you don't need them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, ha- yeah, that defining. Mm. Hay- Haley's just made a few comments about um, went through drinking and not talking, DV, shut down when I tried to talk to my husband. I'm now divorced. Uh, your story sounds familiar, Lisa. I have severe anxiety. I'll... Um, if, if you want, Haley, send, send Lisa or myself or Aaron a message because, you know, it, it's a starting point and see if we can at least offer some tips. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. You, when you stop with the denial, as we talked about today, that yeah. denial is that first. When you can be courageous enough to talk like you just have there, that is the first step to starting to build some awareness. When you can be yeah. honest about the fact that you're in that place, that's the start. That's the yeah. first step. Yeah. And there are a lot more steps after it, but that first one there should be well done. Good yeah. on your food. Yeah. yeah. And look, I've done, I did some, I, I, I said the other day, you know, um, and it was a lot of fire behind it. I was, I've done some shitty things, but I'm a yeah, fucking good mum. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, and yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't see exactly the same. I've, I've done, I've been even shittier, Lisa. But I am one of the greatest dads on the face of the planet, and it's exactly right. And I've done some horrendous, stupid things. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, and um, have to, and it's about ownership, and then addressing them as need be, and then moving forward because we're using not that them. person. Anymore. Using yeah. them for good, like we do. Like the, yeah. the reality is yeah. I'll share any single one of them, be brutally honest about what I did, what my role was in it, and then turn around and find where the positive and how that's made me the man I am today. Yep, that's right. No, that's it. We've all made uh, yeah. the, the biggest mistakes we, and the biggest lessons. How we can lessons. then move forward. And... Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And this is how we're able to, to assist others, be able to be their best versions, understand, you know, how to love themselves and find the gratitude in everything yeah. despite that we've experienced. Des- yeah, despite what's happened to you, despite what may have what be happening to you right now, despite any of it, we can help you find that gold. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. Fantastic. Well, us three will absolutely do this again. If you guys are keen, I'm definitely keen. Yeah, uh, for sure. Make it a bit more common and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, there's so many topics we haven't even talked about, The um, especially when it comes to male and female, you know, the sexual disconnect or the intimacy and all that stuff, and I know that'll come up. So, yeah, and by the way, Lucy says you're definitely one of the best dads, Aaron. Yeah. Sounds Thank good to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, if, stop it. Before I close, just want to say thank you so much for anybody that's jumped on. It really means a lot to um, have, a, have a bit of support and, you know, just share this. Send it to people. And the best part about these platforms is, especially when somebody doesn't want to speak out, it's like a podcast. And if we can just put this on, on, on their messenger or something and they can just listen to it driving along, they don't even have to watch our ugly mugs or whatever. Speak they... for yourself. <laughs> it's the hair it's the haircut <laughs> but uh you know i know people say i don't have time to watch that well everybody's got time to listen if we're driving or walking around you know just mm. put the earplugs in and go for it guys because mm. you can gain a lot from it so and yeah, yeah and you it's your choice at the end of the day i don't have the figures sure. on how many seconds a week and how many minutes a week and how many hours a week there are i'm not that bright but you, you you do have enough time because it's something that we love to say. No, I yeah. don't have enough. How much time have you got to invest in yourself? Okay. If you can't answer that, how much time have you got to invest in yourself that will directly impact the future of your children? And another one to go a bit further is like how, if you're not investing in yourself now, especially with least with psychosomatics and the metaphysics I've learned, <laughs> is how much time do you have as in later to have downtime when you're really fucking ill? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is also, it's never too late. My kids are all adults. Yeah. yeah. My kids are all adults. And I see the ripple effect, even though they probably, you know, they can't stand it when I start, you know, saying particular things. But then I'll hear them when they're not conscious of me, you know, observing or whatever and and the advice that they give on, forward on. So it's never too late, you know. Um. No, that's yeah. beautiful. That's and, awesome. and it's just a, it's a choice away. It's a choice. Don't give away yeah. your choices because when you start giving those away, you might as well just tie yourself to a surfboard and float out to sea. And that could be good too, <laughs> you know, like it's like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I was just trying to think of something. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's good. We've got pretty good well, on the spot, eh? Calming out there in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. yeah, so but isn't it? But, but, 
Hey, his coaches this... will always find the positive to it. So I'll say that. Yeah. But it'd be kind of nice if you float out to see the surfboard. Like but, that's the thing. Coaches... The sea is our energy, you know. Isn't it really <laughs> relevant? Because yeah. because it's it's our energy, and the, it can be calm, 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 and then it can just be out of control. And yeah, so it's really, really relevant to everything we've spoken about. That's the go. Um, so I'll just I'll just stop streaming, but I just want to say a massive thank you to you guys on your Sunday night and taking time out because I know that everybody inspires someone differently and like I say, people resonate with each different people. So thank you. It's nice to have a few thank of us you. on here for a chat and it's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, like Thanks Lise. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. <laughs> I love the opportunity and I just hope we keep getting better and better and I hope people keep giving us feedback and keep giving us the topics that matter to them because I really want to just see people... Happy, healed, grounded. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Now, um, all good. I think I've stopped the stream.